once more and to breach dear friends. The word impossible is only in the dictionary of fools. If my descendants wish to be as strong as I was, they must study patience. The Ultra Working Podcast. All great events hang by your hair. The man of ability takes advantage of everything and neglects nothing that can give him a chance of success. How many hours could you work in a week? And how would you go about working that many hours if you were so inclined? A wonderful woman named Julia joined the work gym about a month ago. She's a freelance illustrator and loves her work and wants to do more of it. Um, And it's very, very meaningful to her. She gets a huge kick out of it. So it's already checking a bunch of the boxes that you need to check to be able to do a lot of work. And here's what she asked. I've been trying to figure out a doable week in terms of work cycles. And I'm sure this varies from person to person and based on personal commitments. But in your experience, what is a reasonable number of work cycles to try and achieve in an open day? Trying to figure out how to optimize my time and trying to figure out a cycle number to aim for per day. First, we have to step back for a second. I actually think whenever anyone asks this, I think there's actually three questions. One, what's the theoretical maximum number of hours you could work? Two, what's the maximum number of high quality hours you could sustain over long periods of time? And three, how much do you actually want to work? And people mix this up. I want to read you three quotes from Dr. Junichi Saga. He's a Japanese physician. He wrote some descriptions of small town life in Japan in the late 1970s, 1980s, uh, writing about the lives of elderly people that were his patients that had lived before the First World War, before the Second World War, before full industrialization and, and, and had lived through and seen the, you know, the boom, the post-war boom and the modern economy and talking about just the differences in life. This book is uh, Memories of Silk and Straw. And, and I got three excerpts of the book for you. In the chapter about the tofu maker. This woman talking about she's a young girl and her parents had a tofu shop and then she got into tofu. Those were long, hard days we worked with scarcely a moment's rest. So we slept like the dead when it was time for bed. In fact, if you ask me generally what it was like back then, I'd have to say that most of us spent our whole lives doing nothing but working and sleeping. Here's another one from to Tokyo and back in a month about somebody that does like river shipping. And, and, and runs a non-electric motor boat, an old, old-fashioned, old-school boat. I started work on my father's boat as soon as I left primary school. Even children had their uses on board. I had to cook the crew's meals. You see, children in those days were treated rather differently from kids today. From the age of 12 or 13, we were expected to be able to manage any job an adult could do. Let's do one more. This is one is about a fisherman. It was only after the war the country people started wearing shoes, and I reckon it's one of the reasons why they're so feeble these days. Okay, everybody knows that our grandparents were super tough people. Um, That's not a surprise to anybody, but we're the same species as them. We have the option of taking leisure, and we're more than welcome to take leisure, but um, humans are really hardcore and are capable of doing a lot of stuff, and We'll refer to this later and we'll talk about, you know, med school residency and stuff like that a little bit. Humans can do a ton of stuff. Here's my criteria. If you're very healthy, very motivated, have close to an ideal setup for productivity and are willing to sacrifice almost everything. If you have those four things, health, motivation, setup and the willingness to sacrifice almost everything. I think almost anyone with those four things can do 90 plus hours per week of focused work. Should you do 90 or even 70? I'm, 
probably not. Most people don't want that. And I totally get that. So I'm not recommending it. I'm like factually answering question as to what's possible. And we'll explore what and why and how is possible. So the first thing we got to say is, is health. You got to not, you know, be laid up from surgery or, 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 you know, be dealing with some, some serious chronic condition. And over and beyond that, and now talking about stuff that's more within your control, in the macro, you got to be really dialed in on your food choices, general fitness and sleep, etc. Otherwise, you go into a downward spiral when you try to work a lot. So you really got to have your health dialed in um, if you're going to try to put in a lot of hours. Um, if your health's getting a fraction of a percent worse each day and there's even a minor compounding effect on that, then, you know, I mean, that'll... That'll catch up with you, right? And people even get away with doing years without that being true, but then they have like a heart, like literally a heart attack or a stroke or whatever. So um, you want the health to be really dialed in um, and, and you don't sell it out. Second thing is you got to be motivated. Like if you're doing something you hate, you can't put in a lot of hours on it reliably, you'll break down. One of the more interesting theories I heard about burnout, when, when people aren't winning, they're way more likely to burn out. And I, I think there's some component of that. When you're doing work you don't like or you're not succeeding enough, that really hammers morale and motivation. If you're failing and you're getting rejected all the time and there's no wins, sooner or later you want to quit. So you got to keep the wins up and you got to be like committed to the purpose. If you're trying to put in a ton of hours on something you don't actually care about or don't really want, it might be really hard. But if you really, really want it and really believe in what you're doing um, or at, at least like it a lot, right? It doesn't have to necessarily be the grand meaning of life quest, but like, wow, I like this thing a lot and I want to make this happen. I think that's a condition that you need to have in place if you're going to do a ton of hours. For setup, this is the more technical thing. Basically, you got to streamline everything. You got to get rid of everything that pulls aversely on your attention. So if there's something that's very compelling and addictive for you, you, you need to get rid of it. So, you know, if you live in a building and like your neighbors are like really, really jerks and like they're like, you know, ticking you off all the time or whatever, like you might need to move, right? It's that kind of thing where like if you want to just like be on the line of what's possible, uh, you just kind of can't or as much... Don't use an excuse, but as much as possible, you want to make that stuff go away. You got to get great routines down. So you got to know like where you're eating, where you're going to the gym. You got to like that, like your pattern of walking to places and stuff. Like you figure this out and you kind of design around it. It's like a macro thing in life. You get better at knowing what you're looking for. So you get better at picking where you're going to live and things like that. Um, and then and then the right people around is critical. It's critical. You can't sustain a huge heavy workload without the right people around. Some people are like hyper introverts and no people around is fine. Rare but happens. But beyond that, you know, you got to have advisors and people to help you get unstuck and be able to troubleshoot really quickly. Um, so you got to go out and find, meet those people and connect with them and, and cultivate that. And you got to have people who are just good, solid people for your well-being around, really reliable, really supportive of what you're doing. People are like, why are you working so much? You know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, if you're really ambitious and you want to really do some special stuff and, and, and that requires a huge volume of work or you're voluntarily thinking it'd be cool to do a huge volume of work, um, you know, people think that's cool. And domain specifically, I'm going to give one last piece of guidance. As much as possible, if you can only be around people you admire, that goes a long way. Like literally nobody you don't admire. My test for that, incidentally, if I spent like 10 hours a day working with this person for like a week or two straight, and then I was going to go head off to the beach to decompress afterwards, would I want them with me? And if you got that, you're good. It's easy to put in a lot of hours when you like the people around, you want to be around them. You're like, well, this is so cool. I get to be around these people, right? And if you love the work you're doing and you're really motivated to do it and you're healthy and you've got the perfect setup and everyone around you is great. Well, you can see how if you're simulating, okay, where I'm currently at, I'm dying. I'm doing 40 hours a week and I just can't wait to get out of there at five. But if you were like max healthy, you had a perfect setup, your life is just like on rails. You loved what you were doing. You just like didn't want to do anything else. The thing you want to do the most and everyone around was just awesome. All right, we could see how it's possible to do more numbers. And 
like 90 is my number that I think people can do. Um, I, I don't think you should do 90. Uh, and like you got to work up to it and like really get dialed in. But once you get dialed in, it's actually easy to kind of march up. Once you figure out kind of the patterns, like the basics of how to make work happen, right? How do we plan it out and make sure it's well-defined enough and you know, like what the outcomes we want are and then like getting that time to do that and like having the systems to fight off the distractions and stuff. So like I use the Mac app self-control to, you know, block websites I don't want to go to that if they've been getting addictive. Most people aren't very effective. They don't put much, much time in a what they want to be doing. And you know, if somebody like is ostensibly a writer and like they don't have books written, like how many hours are you putting in? If you put in hours, books get written, you know what I'm saying, right? Um, even if you're inefficient, really slow, which I was as a writer, incidentally, if you just put in the hours, books get written. And it's not even a lot of hours. Put in 20 hours a week of writing, like books get written pretty fast, right? So, you know, if you got a business that's like not doing so well, it's like how many hours do you put in a revenue in a week? It might be zero in some weeks, right? You start putting 30 hours a week in a revenue, like revenue will go up. You just like be open-minded and try different things, like take the best practices in your industry and apply them and kind of figure out a way to do a little cooler version of whatever they're doing, right? So, you know, you put in the hour, stuff happens. A lot of people aren't putting in hours at all if you're a deliberate person and you've gotten the basic setup right. And if you haven't yet, it might take you a year or something to figure it out, probably faster. Um but to, to get really dialed in to go from three hours a week of most important work to like 30. So your output is more than 10 X, you know, higher. It might take a little while. So don't, don't feel bad if it's not tomorrow. Once you're performing an order of magnitude better, it's pretty exciting. So the other side is great. If it takes a year to get there, no problem. So 70s, 60s, 70s, doable. Um, 90s hard. And that's for math reasons. So let's look at the math. There's 168 hours in each week and you should burn that number into your mind. If you sleep eight hours a night, that's 56 hours per week. If you're at seven hours, that's 49 hours, right? So it's either 56 or if you're eight, 49 if you're at seven hours. And some people are like short sleepers. They get by on much less sleep. It's a genetic thing. It'd be amazing if you had it. It's like, I think it's less than 1% of people, like way less. Um, it'd be super cool if you had it. If you don't have it, it'd be a really bad idea to try to act like you had it. So that's not the game. You got 168 hours every week. If you're sleeping 56 hours, right? If you're sleeping eight hours a night, there's 115 hours left. If you're sleeping seven hours, you have more hours, a little more flexible, but say you're sleeping eight. So I think there's somewhere between 10 and 20 hours per week you can't get away from to stay alive. Eating, showering, things like that. Um, you can get that number low if you're fanatic about it, but it'd be... It's, it's tough to get it below 10, right? To get it below 10, right? That's like an hour and change each day for showering and all your meals and stuff. So like that's the like you're not multitasking every single meal with a call or whatever. You can and it helps actually if you want to get in hours. Um, but that means you can eat a quick meal repeatedly. You have a very little bit of time to commute. And you can take fast showers and um, that's 10 hours, right? And, you know, you could dial this up and, and, and look at some other things, but Let's call it 10. So there's 105 hours left in a week. Um, so if you sleep eight hours a night and you spend 10 hours, if you optimize everything to get your eating and shopping and commuting and uh, brushing your teeth and showering and getting dressed type stuff, um, you can get that down to 10 and potentially get it even like lower than that. But it's like, it's also like diminishing returns and, and, and whatever, right? Um, so there's 100 hours, 105 hours left. And it's like, okay, that's your life. This is why hitting 90 is a lot harder than 70, right? So think about 105 hours. If we want to work 90 of them, right? That only leaves 15 hours for, for everything else that's not the essential basics and sleep, right? So that's about two hours a day of leisure, 
Or if you get distracted and you surf the internet for an hour, that's just half of your free time. If you're in business and you like your team members, then you can like sit down and do work with them and it's fun and it kind of is almost like having a social life, almost. Um, kidding aside, uh, I do make some time and carve out some time to like play board games and do stuff like that. I don't need very much of it. All right, you can see if you work 90, sleep eight hours a night, 56, you spend 10 hours on the little stuff to keep you alive, you only got 15 hours left. That's very unflexible. You just got distracted for three hours in a day. Like, oops, you're behind pace for the whole week and you didn't take any leisure. You were just distracted on the internet. So if you're internet surfing at all, like, no bueno, right? You just played three hours of Fortnite and eh, can't do 90 hours a week. This, you know, right? Um, you, you could make it up by taking, you know, one less hour of leisure tomorrow if you're going for average numbers, right? So you're playing any games, you're watching any TV, you're getting distracted than that at all, 90 becomes impossible. You basically have to take your miscellaneous nonsense time to zero. You have to take your distracted time to zero. It's hard to do. It's doable, but it's hard. So there's times that I try to do 12 hours a day minimum every day of work right? Daily minimum of 12. So if I do 14 hours one day, I still have to do 12 the next day. I don't get a bonus or whatever, right? Um, and yeah, that's that's like pretty hard. But the cool thing about doing that um, is it forces you to be really creative in getting re recharging activities in. So that's like, okay, instead of having a sitting meeting, I'm going to have a walking meeting. Instead of having dead commuting time, I'm going to call the bank while I'm walking. Like, oh man, I'm not going to have time to exercise. Wait, maybe I could run from this meeting to the other meeting. And, you know, sometimes you need to really like kind of think through it and like kind of get creative if you're really trying to go to the edge. You know, you can do stuff to get the time needed down and to, to you know, there's no rule that says work has to be suffering. You know, you get a standing desk. You take walking meetings are great. Like walk and talk with somebody or like be doing things that are fun. Like if your marketing is super fun to do and it's like, like you really have like a riotously good time, then that's good. And, you know, like you could throw like a big party at a trade show, right? Like that's work. It counts. You don't have to be having a bad time. If you're doing freelance work, like you could like your clients. If you're doing, if you're a scientist, you're a research scientist, you could like do really fun experiments that you like think are super cool, right? You know? So again, I think a lot of people think about the current work they're doing, which maybe it sucks or it's ill-designed and haven't really thought about how to make the work more enjoyable um, or to like have some enjoyment around the work or whatever. And if you did, that'd be great. You know, like, I mean, I, I see people sometimes it's rel still uncommon, but I, sometimes I see people, uh, go work outside on their computers, you know? So, so if you can get Wi-Fi, uh, you know, on your patio or, or, or you tether at like a park, you get the sun beating down on you a little bit, like that might be really nice. Right. So you think about those things and you can get some more recharging and positive valence and nice times, um, while working. Um, so, I mean, I mean, you maybe don't want to do all of this. Uh, it can seem kind of insane. You can also see why 70 hours is a lot easier. That's 35 non-work, non-staying alive, non-sleeping hours each week, which means you could even take two days off. You could, uh, you know, it's 12 hours a day with two days off, or that's a couple of hours on the weekend, or take one day off and you do a little bit less than the other days. Yeah, so that's pretty easy. And also, like, if you waste four hours... Well, that doesn't that doesn't take one fourth of your theoretical leisure budget for the whole week. So, how much good work can you do? What's sustainable? Um, you look at. I read you the, the the quotes from from people from the old generation that were just so much tougher than ours, and and some of those were intellectually demanding fields. Some of those were, you know, some of it's like doing a merchant and they're trying to do this. Some of those were complex trade. This wasn't all just 
you know, we're going to do manual labor and, and, and then sleep and we can turn our, turn our minds off a little bit while we're working sometimes. No, not, not all of it was that. Um, how much good work can you do? I mean, like medical doctors put in crazy hours and that's an incredibly intellectually demanding job where you have to be on it, um, during residency, right? Attorneys studying for the bar and then young attorneys billing hours at large firms, people new to, uh, to banking and finance, putting crazy hours for months, sometimes years at a time. Um, you know, military soldiers at boot camp. Um, there's lots of examples of sustained high levels of performance from people that want it. Now you might feel like, Tense is the wrong word. Tense is the wrong word, but you're a little like, a little wired up all the time. And when when you're wired up and you're doing good, it's like, you know, you're feeling great, right? But when you're a little wired up and you're having a bad day, it's like more noticeable, right? So when you're working all the time and you're having a bad day, like it can turn into like a, man, this really sucks sometimes. You can train and learn. I think anyone can do this to be like, well, that's what's going on. I'm going to perform anyways. Um, you read about elite soldiers that are going through selection process like Delta Force or the SEALs where they just come to terms with the fact that what they're doing sucks and they're just like they just accept that some parts of their life will suck and they can still perform. And once you get that, once that psychological flip, switch flips, it's, it, it, it's really incredible. Um, I think anyone is capable of flipping it. I don't know. Probably. I would think probably. And I think the theory is that, you know, you have a young doctor go through residency, totally sucks. It ruins their life. They work a million hours. They don't sleep enough or whatever. And they're just more immune to stress and pressure potentially for the rest of their lives because they saw that they can perform in a compromised and somewhat unhappy state. Um, so I think that's useful and you can do a lot for months at a time at least. Now, I'm not saying you should go there right away and you can't necessarily jump right up to that, right? So if you're going to study for the bar, you know that's coming up. You committed to that. You've gone through law school. Doctors went through med school and they're getting ready for it, right? You know, soldiers knew they were going to the military, right? So be careful if you're going to do this. This isn't like a do it casually thing. I'm going to give you guidance at the end of the show. So don't like, don't turn it off and start trying to put in 90 hours over the next seven days if you've been not doing that yet. Let me give you a little bit of guardrails first, okay? So you can do a lot for at least months of time. I think it makes you stronger forever. Now, again, how's performance distributed? You know, there's a lot of talk about how people get compromised on the high end of hours. That can happen, and, and, and let's address that. But people don't talk about the opposite, where people don't put enough hours to get over a threshold. A little theory of mine is that in a lot of fields, there's like 30 hours of maintenance work you need to do each day just to stay stable. It's like going to meetings, answering routine email, and just like getting routine stuff out the door. And a lot of people only spend like 10 hours on expansive stuff in a week. Well, if you go up to 50 hours, that might not be a 25% increase. That might be double the expansive hours, right? If you go from 40 to 50, but you had 30 hours of nonsense and you add in just 10 more expansive hours, you might have been double the output, right? It, it very well might be the case that once you get up to, to 70 hours, right, you, you, you've got 4x the output of, of somebody that's at, that's at 40 because those next, those next 30 hours are the really good hours. Um, and this seems to bear it out. People that really work a lot and effectively and keep it up aren't like a little more successful. And, you know, the person that puts in 70 and does a good job doesn't tend to be 80% more successful. Than the person doing 40, they tend to be a lot more successful. Or, I, I mean, there's also people that try to do it and fail. So, I mean, that's valid and we should talk about that. And there's the motivation, you got to ensure you're winning and you got to have the right setup. And I don't know, maybe some people can't do it. I, I tend to think people can. 
Um, again, if they're healthy, motivated, willing to sacrifice. And if you're not willing to sacrifice, it's totally cool too. You just don't want to. Um, but, you know, I think expansive work could be 10x, 20x, 50x more valuable for your life than routine duties. Different people are wired differently. Um, different professions have different kind of patterns on them, right? So you might not be able to do more than 30 hours per week of writing highly technical ancient Chinese poetry. You might just like, you might be just like, I can't form the representative characters in this ancient alphabet that's no longer in, or ancient kanji that's no longer in use anymore to get this poetic point across. If you're trying to write something similar to what Lao Tzu wrote in the Tao Te Ching. Like 30 hours might be, the, it might be even less than that. But you absolutely could once you got done writing poetry hang out with other poets and scholars and have lively discussions. And that's work too, for real, right? So I'm not saying you could do 70, 90 hours of one particular thing, right? So I'm not saying, so if you're a, an athlete and you know, you're uh, running some, some mileage, you're a runner, I'm not saying you could do double or triple or 10x the mileage, though maybe you could. But I am saying that when you get back, you could look at running techniques. You could break down stride lengths. You could look at data. You could talk with other top runners. Um, you could do some de-stressing activities. You could look at your blood work and biochemistry. There's a lot of things you can do that aren't just pounding the feet um, that would be valuable. And if you did them, you'd probably become a better runner, right? Um, so you got you to gotta do some design. I'm not saying you do 70, 90 hours of an exact type of work. I'm saying you do 70, 90 hours of something valuable and focused that you chose. Um, and you might need to be creative to find out the right orientation and mix of those. So that might be you need to wake up super early before anyone comes to the office to do some hardcore inventing or ops work or creative work first. Because if you don't get it in the morning, you just won't get it. Then you work a normal day and you go home and go to bed. Right. So you might wake up four hours before work. Every single day, that's 28 more hours. Then you put in 40 hours at work, that's 68. So if you get up and you work for four hours before work, you wake up at 4 a.m., you work from four to eight, go to work at nine, you're 40 hours. Uh, and then, you know, likewise put in four hours on the weekends, your four hours just became a 68 hours. It's totally doable, right? You know, with all that, you gotta kind of design around it, figure out the right times of day, figure out the right scope of the work. The technical ancient Chinese poetry writer might not be able to write more ancient Chinese technical poetry, but probably could walk around museums of, of ancient Chinese artifacts, probably could hang out with other people in the field, right? So you can kind of design around that and find interesting things. Um, individuals vary. Some people need to take a day off. Um, and if so, then increment down a little bit. Some people don't. So you got to make sure you're not trending downwards. Um, and that's like keeping the health at a high level and getting dialed in. And then maybe ratcheting back for a little while if things get worse. But that brings us to the third question. Should you? Should you put in 70, 90 hours of work each week? And my answer here is really clear. Probably not. I don't think most people should do this. Most people wouldn't want to, and that's great. Most people wouldn't want to sacrifice everything to get to 90 hours. That makes sense. I, I totally get it and respect that. Um, what I am sacrificing, I think it's worth it. For most people, they probably wouldn't um, want to do it, and maybe it wouldn't be worth it, and that's cool. And here's a very important caveat I want to hit before we get into some guidance here. I think a huge volume of hours only makes sense when you're really dialed into something you know you want to be doing and you know at least enough about how to do it, right? So sometimes you go really hard on hours and you become less open to just like random inputs and messing around. And that might be what you need. So I think it's great to turn the hours on when you know broadly what you want to do and you want to execute. Um, but be careful if you're doing something brand new or you're looking for a change. Might not necessarily make sense to go heads down. Um, you could wind up in a local 
maximum that's not the global maximum. So be careful around that. Um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend somebody that like really didn't know what they're doing with their life, just arbitrarily pick something and do this. Um, or not for very long, at least. I would cycle out of it if, uh, if that's the case. I want to encourage you to sit and do the math periodically. Even if you don't do time tracking, just estimate how many hours a week do you sleep? How many hours go in your different activities? Are you happy with that mix of hours? And like, you might just like cut back on the time you're on Twitter and then like go do whatever you really enjoy the most. You know, if you like live music and you haven't been to a live music thing in a long time, like just cut some of the nonsense and do live music, right? So like do that, boom, you just got an hour or two back a week. Go to that live music show that you haven't gone to. But I think sooner or later, if you haven't already done this, you might consider attempting to put in a focused 70 plus hour week or two. Like voluntarily, not when you're on a deadline or things are urgent. It's categorically different when you're like, I'm going to like plan out how to get in 10 focused hours a day, every day for a week. You got to like actually really plan it and set it up. There's an art to it. It's like throwing a great party. There's like a stuff that goes in it. You got to like, all right, let's get the logistics. Where are people parking? What's the guest list? You know, you got you to figure it out, right? Um, and you should do a lot of a lot of prep beforehand, but it's actually a revelation. It might make you permanently more productive. So... Here's some things I recommend do to prep. So, so I, I recommend that you don't say, okay, I'm going to do it next week. I recommend you say, I'm going to do that like a month from now, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this four weeks from now, three weeks from now. Give yourself time to really like get everything lined up and to get psychologically ready for it. Because you should take it really seriously. A lot of people are like, I'll try it out. And then like the first day is hard and they fail and they're like, oh, it didn't work. And like, yeah, okay. Like it's not, it didn't work. It's like, you suck. Um, like don't impulsively jump into things that are really hard, like plan them and then actually succeed. Right. Um, so, you know, if you say four weeks from now, I'm going to put in a 70 hour work week, I'm going to put in 10 hours a day, seven days a week on this thing that I think is really cool. Um, then you're like, okay, what do you start thinking? You start observing yourself. You start saying, okay, where's my time going right now? How can I get that down? How can I be efficient? I got to like build a scope of the work I'm going to want to do in that week. It's like four weeks from now. So I don't have to just arbitrarily decide, you know, if something urgent comes up between now and then I can tell people like, okay, but not that week. I can't do that. No calls that week potentially or calls. If you want calls, you can pre-schedule a bunch of calls, you know, right. So you figure all that out. Right. So some prep, um, you know, you get either a single thing that you love that you could do a ton of, right. If that's your, your, your jam or the right mix, a very well-defined things that you love. So you can really do a lot of it. Right. So, you know, I'm pretty good at doing like, like high creative work and inventing, um, and systems building type stuff early in the day. Um, like I wake up early, early, and then I have a bit of a lull late morning, early afternoon. Then I pick up again around like one or two and I, I can get another moderate run around that point. Then come five, um, I'm only good for like meetings or calls. I could like do something if I needed to, but like that's that's when I try to get my calls in. Um, so you know you find that mix of activities, um, and then you decide you're do this for you know you know for a week, one month from now. Get really healthy, get ahead of schedule, make sure there's nothing lingering. You know if it's uh, if it's February that you decide to do this and you haven't paid your taxes yet, then like get them paid so it's just not even in your mind. You know, like get, get, get everything that's kind of like lingering, just clear the decks, right? Um, prep everything possible beforehand, food, patterns of behavior, all laundry done, supplies bought, everything. Put as many supporting elements in place as possible, right? So, you know, the more you've got some data, the more people know about this and they're going to hold you accountable because you tell people you're going to do it. Um, 
the more that, uh, you know, whatever you're working on, maybe there's like some um, exhibiting or presenting of it that you can do. Doesn't have to be right after your run ends, but maybe maybe within a reasonable time, so you know you can be proud of the work and you could you could show it off to people. Um, there's just like a bunch of factors that affect performance, and we'll be exploring more and more of them on this show. Um, as many of them as possible, you're going to want to line them up for that week, right? So you know if you have a really good mentor um, or a couple of good friends in the field, you might schedule just like end of day calls with somebody very inspiring. So you just balance what's going on off them. And, you know, you could talk about it at that point. You're also, there's some accountability. You're not going to tell me you had a bad day. Right. So like, you know, things like that. And then get ready for things to go wrong and be excited about that because it'll teach you a lot. Um, so when things go wrong, you should like know going into this, I'm not, I'm not saying this is like a, you know, oh, you know, like adjust your perspective. No, this is like what will happen. And if you're ready for it, you'll be good. Um, things will go horrifically wrong. And that is actually one of the benefits is you will like when you put stress on a system, like the weak parts will break. Right. And so you will learn what's wrong. So when I when I last time did 12 hours every single day, not a, a, aiming for average numbers or whatever, but a minimum 12 hour target every day. I, I did miss a few days in there. I think I hit 85, 86 percent of them, something like that. Um uh, and, and I was well over, like my averages were really good because some days I did more than 12, right? But I was trying to hit 12 hours focused every single day nonstop um, for, it was actually five weeks, uh, a little more than a month because uh, the month straddled two calendar weeks. So I did it for, you know, right before the month started and right after it ended. Um, one thing I found immediately was that if I started the day slowly, right? Let's say I woke up at 8 a.m., but I didn't start work, you know, and I messed around, till nine or 9.30. Well, that moved back the time that I can finish work that day, because I had to do 12 hours from 8 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. But wait, I'm probably not gonna work the whole time. I'm gonna eat and stuff. Okay, so then it's 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. So when you're trying to hit some targets that are very, very big, you start realizing that when you mess around early in the day, you're really hurting yourself later in the day. This is actually true for everyone. Anything you neglect doing today, you're gonna have to do on a future day. So you're selling out the future, but it's not really visibly in your face. So if I mess around in the morning, but I have to do 12 hours and messing around doesn't count as putting in hours, then I have to do them late in the day and I'm like suffering and I'm more tired and like it sucks. Um, that teaches you very quickly to get into your work quickly at the start of the day. Um, so things like that go a long way. You know, if like your air conditioning or something breaks, you're like, okay, like I, maybe I should have had like a really good handyman or maybe I need to live somewhere where the building you know, we'll just like take care of these things better. So things will break, be ready for that. Know what you're going to do if they do, if one day you don't hit the targets. I mean, you want to blend both being fanatic about it. Like I won't miss the targets, but then if you do, then you shrug and do it the next day anyways, uh, for your week or whatever. Maybe try to do a month at some point if you're ready for that. And I think doing this both um, it's like a fun puzzle to solve. How do I get rid of all of the time that's going into anything other than what I want to be doing for work? Um, and how do I not get distracted at all for a whole week or month? Start with a week though. Not like not the week of a month, but start with one week and then don't do the next week. Um, so that's a fun puzzle to solve. You learn a lot with the points that are creaky on the system that break or the times you get distracted or whatever. You'll learn a lot from that. All right, I'm leaving you with a fun, inspiring and or intimidating thing. My friend, Nick Winter tech CEO funded Y Combinator company called Code Combat. They make multiplayer video games um, that teach kids how to code. So here's a blog post of his from six years ago. I'll link it in the show notes. Upcoming Maniac Week, quote, 
starting Monday morning at 4 a.m. and ending the next Monday at 3.59 a.m. I'm going to see how many hours of code combat development I can do in one week. Not, quote, hours in the office, end quote, I work from home. Not, quote, hours on the computer doing a productive thing, end quote. But, quote, hours on the computer developing code combat, end quote. So I'll count things, like writing code, building levels, writing documentation for said code and levels, etc. But not things like responding to code combat emails or planning the business or meetings. I just won't do those things this week. I spontaneously did a how much can I work week last year when I was deep into the Scritter iOS app. That was his former application and company that was for learning Chinese and Japanese characters. And got 87.3 hours of general Scritter work. It was extremely fun, so I thought I'd do it again. But this time I've prepared for it. I've planned my meals, laid out my clothes, started waking up early, blocked email, bought an adjustable height, sitting slash standing desk, and readied other ridiculous preparations such as a stack of 20 bars of 90% dark chocolate. I'm going to make a time-lapse video of the whole week with no post-processing except for adding a music track. So if you're at all interested in seeing what it looks like to code this much, look for the video next Monday or maybe Tuesday if I'm that tired afterwards. Well, let's check in with the after-action report seven days later. And it's like so cool to see, oh, and I work from home. And now he's got a huge team. This is six years later. They've got a huge, not a huge team. They've got a uh, moderately sized, really strong team in San Francisco at Code Combat. Um, so it's so cool to read. He's putting this crazy work when it was just him in his living room um, and his co-founders. So very cool to look back. But how did his maniac week go? Let's check this out. We'll put both these posts in the show notes. Last week, I set out to see how many hours of programming work I could do in one week on Code Combat, our multiplayer programming game for learning how to code. I clocked in at 120.75 hours. Here's the epic time-lapse video I generated. So that's the answer to your question, Julia, of how many hours you can work in a week, apparently. 120.75. Well, now that we've resolved this, it's been really a pleasure. Maybe I'll give that 120-hour thing a try. No, you know, I might, no actually, I'm not going to give that a try. I'm very comfortable with my 70 to 90 hours of work a week. But apparently that is still below 25, 25 to 45 to 40% below the theoretical max capacity. A lot is possible and a lot more than people realize is possible. And maybe you don't want it. Maybe you hope to never have a week where you did more than 50 hours, let alone 120 But it's worth knowing what you're capable of. And I think a lot of us are capable of a lot more than we realize. So have a think and explore it sometime. We'll have the full show notes up at ultraworking.com slash podcast. We'll link Nick and Junichi Saga and so on. And 
It's really a pleasure. Thanks for spending some time with me on this podcast. Rooting for you to have some amazing hours over the next days, weeks, and months. Until next time, good luck and Godspeed.